welcome to the Bridging Connections podcast. This podcast will introduce you to the people who are on the cutting edge of Jewish innovation. You will be hearing from founders and directors of contemporary organizations creating new paths to participate in Jewish life. In this podcast, you will learn about best practices, tips for engagement, and how to create meaningful connections. This is a place that will bridge you to the tools and resources used by the Jewish leaders, visionaries, and innovators that are creating a new sustainable Judaism. I'm your host, Elizabeth Gossage, and I welcome you to come bridge the gap with me. Welcome back to the Bridging Connections podcast. Today, I have the honor of being on Zoom, and you get the honor to listen in to our conversation, my conversation with Jory handelman Meshak. and Jory is the founder of Bamid Bar, which of course we know translates to in the desert or in the wilderness, but she is going to elaborate more about what Bamid Bar is and what it does. So Jory, thank you so much for being here. And I'd love to jump right in and ask you to talk about your Jewish journey, how you got to becoming the founder of Bamid Bar. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. And I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you today. So my Jewish journey, my parents always emphasized the importance of having a strong Jewish education. They told us that we could believe whatever we wanted, but we had to have the knowledge to make an informed decision. And growing up, they oftentimes joke that if the mark of good parenting was to have each child be very unique, that they must be the best parents in the world. Mm -hmm. So I'm one of three. My sister, my older sister, is very religious. At one point, would have been considered Balshuva and moved to Israel, made Aliyah at 19, and married early, started a family. And my brother was a staunch atheist, believes religion is the root of all evil in the world, really felt that kind of religion was something that was hard for him. And as is the case for many things in life, I fall somewhere in between. So from a young age, my Jewish identity has always been a a key lens for me as I look at the world. And I mentioned my siblings, and they're a really important part of who I am and my journey and how I got to be where I am today and the work I do at the Meat Bar. So the Meat Bar focuses on mental health in the Jewish community through clinical and educational spaces. And when I was in middle school, my brother started really struggling with mental illness. And for anyone who has been in a space with a family member struggling with mental illness, they know that it rocks an entire family. This was a time of immense struggle and immense challenge and instability and sadness. And Judaism was so important as like a grounding space for me through that time as I looked at these deep questions of like, what is the meaning of life? How do we navigate immense pain? How do we navigate immense challenge? What does it mean to be in this world? And so that was really important for me and gave me a lot of meaning in this time of struggle. I, in college, heard about Ramon the Rockies, which was going to be this new Jewish outdoor adventure camp. And for me, it was like, wow, like Judaism, the space that is grounding for me and gives me meaning and the outdoors, the space for me that is incredibly grounding and gives me meaning. What does it look like for those two things to come together? And that started me really on my professional journey in the Jewish community, working at Ramah in the Rockies in this space focused on Judaism and the outdoors and beginning to think about what does it look like to create 
joyful Jewish experiences that use the outdoors to support people and really exploring deep questions of life. So you started by working at Ramon, the Rockies, and you talk about this as you're in college. So I'm assuming that's sort of part-time work. Mm -hmm. Tell me how the journey continued from there. Yeah, absolutely. So Bamifar was born from Ramon, the Rockies. In hiring Jewish outdoor professionals, Rabbi Aliyah Bach, who is the executive director of Ramon, the Rockies, realized that many folks in this community had worked out our Bentu wilderness therapy programs and started to ask this question, if I in this one small environment and seeing so many people who've been touched by wilderness therapy programs, is there a like need for this in the Jewish community? Are there a lot of young Jews going to these programs? And is that need met? And if not, can we do it somehow within the Jewish community? So that's kind of how the idea of the Midbar was born. So I worked at Ramon the Rockies in college. I went off, graduated, worked in the secular world of wilderness therapy, and stayed in touch with Rabbi Aliyah at Ramon the Rockies through the years as they explored this question of, like, could we start a Jewish wilderness therapy program? And in 2016, I came back to Ramon the Rockies to take this idea that they'd been throwing around for a couple of years and say, what does it look like to move this from kind of a two-page business plan to actuality? And so Bamibar started in 2016 as a program of Ramon the Rockies, running wilderness-based therapeutic programs for young adults struggling with mental illness. We really started in that clinical space and pretty quickly realized like we can touch the lives and deeply impact the lives of a small number of people through deep therapeutic experiences. But there's so much power in the intersection of Judaism and wilderness and experiential education tied with mental health. How do we leverage that to support the broader population? And so pretty quickly integrated educational programs to support that as well, focused on teens and parents and Jewish communal professionals to also think about like what is the connection between Jewish tradition and mental health? All right, so just for some clarification, Ramah the Rockies was originally a Jewish sleepaway camp, part of the Ramah movement, I'm assuming. There's mm -hmm. a lot of Ramah camps throughout the country. And then a program was developed at Ramah in the, Mar in the Rockies that became, or that was a program of it. So it was an offshoot or within the camp, but a program of the camp that was Bamid Bar, is that correct? So we were a fiscally sponsored project of Ramon the Rockies. Okay. So we started as kind of an independent program underneath their administrative umbrella and using their space, but running completely separately. They wanted to incubate a mission aligned organization kind of aiming toward this goal, but really kept it separate from the camp itself. And then in 2021, Bamidbar spun off and became an independent organization, an independent 501c3. So we started as a fiscally sponsored project of Ramon the Rockies, and then in 2021 became an independent organization. Okay, that's helpful. Thank you so much. So then tell me what Bamidbar looked like when you started. It was coming to a sleepaway camp. How long was it? Like kind of the logistics of what it looked like in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you asking what it looked like in the beginning because it has evolved so much over time. So we started as a residential wilderness-based therapeutic program. So folks came to us anywhere from six to 14 weeks and engaged in individual and group therapy in a backcountry environment. So using backcountry experience and group environment to really support therapeutic growth and therapeutic goals. So every student comes in and works with a therapist to develop their own individual treatment plan. Therapist works both with the student individually and in the group environment and leveraging 
the opportunity to be in the outdoors and use that environment to support skill building and exploration of self and development of self-concept and self-efficacy um, to aid in different therapeutic goals for those students. And within everything we do, we really bring Jewish tradition um, and Jewish metaphor and storytelling to support students in exploring meaning, values, and purpose, using that as like a framework to step back and see their own growth and their own challenge and their own development through a little bit of separation through storytelling to then be able to bring that in and kind of integrate it more fully in themselves. So we're talking about the beginning and maybe that's changed as well, but what is the target age range of students that you work with? So maybe I started working with young adults, 18 to 28. I know I mentioned to you, Elizabeth, that we're in the midst of a strategic plan and really looking at you know how Bar started and where are we going from here? And one of our key goals in our strategic plan is expanding to work with teams as well. People come, you said, between six and 14 weeks. So they just kind of stop whatever is going on in their life at that time, probably because they need to, they're struggling, I imagine. And they come to the program. So my curiosity is, do you have a, like an ongoing program to help them then reacclimate back to their whatever their life was before. So let me actually step back a second and talk a little bit about like bigger picture. What are our outcomes? What are we working toward? Oh yeah. And also your question directly ties to kind of the big question we are working to address through our strategic plan. So at Bamid Bar, we think about kind of two core populations we work with, the individual, so teens and young adults, and then the direct microsystem that surrounds them. So those people in closest connection with them, their peers, their parents, the Jewish professionals who are supporting them. We run clinical and educational programs that take this multidisciplinary approach, integrating experiential education, Jewish learning, mental health frameworks to work toward kind of four core outcomes. We look at improving mental health outcomes for our students, boosting resilience, strengthening that ecosystem of support around them, and increasing understanding of how Judaism can be really robustly supportive of youth mental health and well-being. Our clinical programs kind of focused on this adventure-based therapy experience for young adults and educational programs focus on both boosting resilience and kind of wellness and skill building. One of the challenges in the wilderness therapy model as it exists, this long-term experience is that um, while it's deeply immersive, it's deeply separate from what else is happening in life. That oftentimes means that someone is in a point of crisis when they're coming to us and is putting everything else on hold. And that can be transformative and so powerful for helping them step back and reset and build skills and move from crisis to a point of stability. But it reaches a very small number of people who can, who can take that time and step back. And so one of the key things we're doing in our strategic plan, plan is looking at pairing outpatient-based therapy with shorter-term immersive experiences so that we can be impacting folks in the community where they live, can have longer term opportunities to engage with them, and can make sure that the lessons and skills they're building in that therapeutic space, they have the support structure to help them really implement that kind of where they are. And so your question yeah. kind of directly ties to the biggest challenge of purely residential experience. And we're working to bridge that gap between you know, the individual and the ecosystem where they where they exist to make sure that they can kind of bring their learning and integrate it with support um, in that environment. And is Bamidbar currently a year 
like, I know it's not year round for the people that are coming in, your patients that are seeing your students, but is it running year round at this point? Yeah, that's a great question. So our therapeutic programs run in the summer months and then our educational programs run over the course of the year. So we worked with 2,700 Jewish educators last year, Jewish professionals in mental health education. And that largely happens from September to May. Um, while our therapeutic programs happen in the summer. Again, one of our goals of our strategic plan is to be able to more strongly leverage that clinical expertise in the educational space and not have these kind of two like siloed program areas, but rather to merge them more fully so that both of those are happening throughout the year. Okay, so the program, the therapeutic program that runs in the summer, where are mostly people coming from local area or are they coming from a broader nationwide area? So we've had people come from states across the country and, and also um, have had folks from outside the U.S. as well. So our immersive experiences are based in Colorado, but it doesn't serve just a Colorado audience. It serves a national audience. How are you reaching that audience? Like how, how are people finding you? A lot of it is organic growth and word of mouth. As I mentioned, in the educational space, we've worked with over 2,700 Jewish professionals in the last year alone through mental health education. And those folks are working with youth and young adults who they oftentimes see struggling. That's why they're turning to us to say, I see people who are struggling. I don't know how to support them. I'm working to build skills. We support them in that space and think about how they can leverage their, their environment and their opportunities to build resilience in the youth that they serve. But then also when they see a youth who's struggling, they often then share that information about the meat bar with them. It's interesting. So you have like a network of therapists that are referring to you in a sense, right? So oftentimes we have Jewish communal professionals who are sharing information about the meat bar. They may not be therapists, but you serving professionals. We have a lot of parents who reach out who hear about us and say, my kid is struggling. I'm looking for something to support them. And that largely, yeah, happens organically through word of mouth. There might be an obvious answer to this question, but this is what's come up for me. Why would a person choose to go to a specifically Jewish program over any other wilderness therapy program? Wilderness therapy is so based in like using the experience as a vehicle for growth. And that oftentimes happens through metaphor and narrative. And a lot of wilderness therapy programs pull from Native American traditions or Eastern traditions in that kind of narrative and metaphor space to support students in making connections between what they're experiencing in that environment and what's happening in their life outside of the program. We have 3,000 years of Jewish tradition that speaks to that question, what does it mean to live well? Like, how do I navigate challenge? What do complex family dynamics look like? And like, what are ways that I, I strengthen these relationships? We have so much in our tradition that already speaks to that. And we can create this continuity between kind of what we're talking about in the therapeutic space and someone's perception of identity and perception of self and perception of meaning in a way that directly connects to their heritage and their tradition. And so I think that's really powerful. Also, one of the strongest protective factors around mental health is like relationship, positive relationships and community. And so how do we look not just at Jewish tradition, but also at Jewish community as this space that 
can be powerfully supportive for young people. We have so much here that can help us live up here in Jewish tradition. And so how do we really bring a mental health lens to Jewish tradition? Um, we say that at Bemibar a lot. It's not about bringing a Jewish lens to wellness. It's about bringing a wellness lens to Judaism. We already have so much in our tradition that connects to evidence-based therapeutic concepts that connects to like what we look at in a therapeutic space. And so like, let's bring that therapeutic lens and say, wow, Jewish prayer, like can be such a powerful support for regulating our nervous system. Like, how do we do that? How do we use that? How do we think about it in that way? I think in a lot of ways, and this is just obviously in my opinion, religious tradition in a lot of ways was created to help people have that mental tenacity, the idea of prayer and grounding ourselves. And for instance, with Jewish tradition, the idea of gratitude, and it's etched into everything we do as a Jewish person from the morning we moment we wake up and say moda ani through the day of all the brachot, the blessings that we say in gratitude of our actions throughout our day. And what I've learned through my own therapy and through my own life is that the more we recognize our gratitudes and the Jewish concept is recognizing the good, the more we focus on the positive aspects of our life and not so much what letting our brains get in the way of all the negative. So I think that in a lot of ways, traditional prayer, I can only speak for Jewish prayer, but I would assume that way in other religions too. And religious concepts came from a source of helping with people with mental wellness and understanding life's meanings and life's difficult situations. It seems like a no-brainer to pair it together to me. It makes sense. Yeah, I think about um, one of the activities we do at the Midbar, the 100 Blessing Challenge, which I believe comes from Rabbi Nachman, um, but is this idea of like saying 100 blessings a day. And how do we seek out opportunities for gratitude to recognize the blessings in our life, to pause, to reflect, to like name what is going well and lean into what is going well and count our blessings. And so that's a perfect example of so much in spiritual tradition and religious tradition is focused on, on meaning, on connection, on relationship, on awe. And all of those can be powerfully supportive of like feeling like we are in a space where we can flourish and thrive. And so using that to support folks in flourishing and thriving. And at Bamibar, our goal is to do that really intentionally by looking at how we bring clinical frameworks to our understanding of Jewish tradition. Those of you that work at Bamibar, you have a mixture of Jewish educators, rabbis, therapists. Tell me kind of what the staff looks like that comes together to bring up all of this in one package. So we think about our work through three different buckets, our, the, like competencies and skill sets we're looking at in our staff through three buckets. One is experiential and outdoor education. One is kind of Jewish education, Jewish learning, and one is the mental health background. Our clinicians, obviously, all licensed mental health professionals, like strength, you know, lies in that foundation in the mental health background. But for all of our staff across the board, we say that we're looking for folks with two out of those three, that there are very few people who are experts in outdoor education, Jewish learning, and mental health, but many people who have passions in outdoor education and mental health, or outdoor education and Jewish learning, or Jewish learning and mental health. And so if folks come in with two out of the three, we build robust teams that together kind of fill all three of those buckets. 
On our year-round team, what that looks like is licensed mental health professionals, educators, outdoor experiential educators, and Jewish educators. On our summer team or immersive team that's, that's supporting our immersive experiences, we're working with a lot of passionate Jewish outdoor educators with an interest in mental health who are paired with licensed clinicians who have kind of a background in adventure and wilderness therapy. So bringing those two areas together, those three areas together. Does Ramah and the Rockies still exist as a separate entity? Yes, they do. So Ramah is as a separate entity. We rent space for them for our, our therapeutic programs and partner with them on some programming. So for instance, we came in and supported some of their staff training and running some training with their their summer counselors on you know, how do we integrate resilience into programming. That's exactly where I was going, sort of like location. And if you had your own location now, but you rent from them, you don't do the programs, the wilderness programs in a different location now. So that's one of the areas that is shifting with our strategic plan. So we run our wilderness programs currently just out of Colorado, out of Vermont, the Rockies. We have team-based programs that run in Boston. Um, and next going are launching some team-based programs in Los Angeles that are both focused on mental health education and amplifying youth voices and conversations around mental health. We are working to expand geographically through our, as we look toward the future and thinking about regional programming hubs where we are offering outpatient therapy paired with short-term immersive experiences, wilderness programs focused on wellness and resilience, and mental health education for parents and professionals. And so Colorado and Boston are our two kind of strongest programming areas and there we're starting there and Los Angeles is our third community that we're really looking at. It's exciting. So you've been talking about the growth and how Bar is morphing through its years. Tell me more about where it's going and, you know, kind of your vision for the future. We've outlined kind of four core priorities through our strategic plan. One is increasing access to our clinical services. So kind of offering outpatient therapy paired with short-term wilderness immersives for teens and young adults, leveraging Jewish learning and Jewish tradition to support kind of meaning and then adventure-based modalities to support integration of a therapeutic process. That's kind of priority one. Priority two is expanding educational impact. So really leveraging our clinical professionals to support broader education for teens, young adults, parents and professionals focused on like, how do we support that individual growth process? How do we boost resilience and build resilience? And how do we expand mental health literacy? And our other core priority is around geographic expansion. So thinking about, you know, we started in Colorado over the pandemic, we really expanded through this virtual mode and we're able to reach people across the country and now to be able to reach people across the country in person and virtually. And then our last priorities around visibility and reach. How do we serve as a strong thought leader in the Jewish community around conversations around youth mental health, increasing awareness of Bar as a resource, working with organizations to support them and thinking about how they're helping youth and young adults build wellness in their community. It's amazing. So you have, there are so many opportunities to bring in these ideas of the experiential education and so much I learn and so much I study. We need to be doing that more even in our traditional educational settings. And mm-hmm. so it makes it exciting that you're talking about sort of expanding this because the more we do experiential education, it's also going to help with the mental wellness of people in general. And we know that the pandemic brought on a lot more issues and brought up a lot more issues 
in mental health and wellness. And so the more places we have that are supporting people, better off we'll be. It's so exciting. So tell me if we've missed anything specifically about Bamid Bar that you'd like to share with us right now. Yeah, so I, I appreciate the last piece you said and want to build on that a little bit. So one of our, like, at Bamid Bar, our foundation in adventure therapy really allows us to approach mental health education through this experiential pedagogy that translates to so many other environments. So how do we merge that understanding of experiential ed with our understanding of like boosting personal resilience and boosting mental health and wellness? And that's something we're really passionate about. How do we bring that to existing networks to kind of fill gaps and expand the expertise to support that in the Jewish community? The last piece I'll say is just that there's been such a change in community conversation around mental health. And while we have seen really troubling trends, you know, that were the pandemic exacerbated those trends, but they they didn't start then. They really exposed them. And all of that being said, I think if anything positive has come from the pandemic, it's everyone realizing we need to be talking about youth mental health. Like young people are struggling and they have so much potential for resilience. And how do we use Jewish community spaces to really build that because there's so much opportunity within our tradition that can be leveraged to help young people grow into like thriving, flourishing, resilient young people. Um, And that's really exciting for me to think about kind of how we help people understand that connection and and use that connection and lean into it. So Jory, as far as you know, are you unique in this space? Do you know of any other Jewish organizations that are actually pairing the experiential hands-on education and Jewish values and outdoor and all of these things that you're doing? I think that one of the areas where Bamibar is really unique is in our clinical expertise. Um, I think that there are organizations that kind of understand how experiential education can support resilience and organizations that explore mental health through a Jewish lens, but bringing the clinical expertise to the experiential education space. I think our direct service experience gives us a unique vantage point to really like understand this is what we're seeing on the ground. This is how youth are struggling and how do we use that in an educational capacity and that the Bar is pretty unique in the community in, in taking that approach. It's exciting. It's exciting because you're on the cutting edge of something really new for, for Jewish life, which is exactly what I want to be showcasing all the time on these podcasts. That's what's important to me. So it's exciting. So we kind of mentioned that there are other organizations doing similar things, but not the unique aspect that you have. What organizations do you see out there that excite you um, that you think we should be looking at? I'm a big fan of the Jewish Addiction Awareness Network. Uh, I know that you spoke that that Marla Kaufman was on your podcast a couple of months ago, um, but they're doing really incredible work around education for clergy around creating more inclusive spaces for folks who are struggling with substance use disorder, really inspired by their approach. I think just in the space of like innovative, like use of Jewish tradition to support wellness. I love Jewish studio project. I think they're just like, they have such an awesome teaching modality and do really amazing work and love every time I engage with them. I think that there's a lot of the, the new Be Well movement under JFNA, um, Jewish Federations of North America. That was the Jewish Teen Education Engagement Funder Collaborative. 
transitioned under JFNA and is be well. And I'm I'm really inspired by how they're thinking about the broader ecosystem and building capacity across the ecosystem around youth mental health. Really, I've not heard about it, so I'm going to look it up. I'm glad you mentioned it. The Jewish Studio Project is one I use as an example all the time of how people can engage in Jewish life in a way that they would never have thought they would want to. And mm-hmm. all the people that say like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not into text study. I'm not into the sitting down and reading a portion of Torah and, and studying it. But then you say, well, what if you read a portion of Torah and made art about it? You see different lights go up. And it, to me, a perfect example of how we can engage Jewishly in ways that we never thought of doing in the past or how we didn't see in Sunday school, for example, or just in our traditional ways of growing up. And that's, I'm glad that you brought them up because they're a perfect example of just engaging in Jewish life in a nuanced way. I'll say that they're, um, they also have kind of a foundation in their approach in art therapy. And it's a perfect example as well of like using these experiential modalities for personal exploration and growth um, in, a, in a really powerful way and love that they've brought together that like art therapy world and all the work they do is in, is in therapy now. Like that is the original basis and bringing out Jewish learning, I think is really powerful. Yes, and they're, mm-hmm. they're doing great work. So I always end all my podcasts and we kind of mentioned it before because for me, the most Jewish thing I do every day is wake up and say my gratitude, say modani. So I always like to end by saying, Joy, what are you grateful for today? I'm really grateful for my team. I'll say that. We have an incredible team at the Meat Bar and we have we have adapted and grown and changed over time. And in the midst of this strategic planning process, just see like such a group of passionate, creative people coming together to work toward kind of a shared goal. And that makes me incredibly grateful. I'm grateful for my community that supports me and surrounds me and lifts me up. Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be in beautiful outdoor spaces. That is something that is incredibly like nourishing for me. And I sit at my office window looking at, I live in like a rural space and can sit in my office window looking out you know, at the hills. And, and that is something that I'm, I'm grateful to be able to access every day. You took my gratitude from me because I was sitting out, looking out my office window and seeing that the trees are changing color. I'm in the Midwest, so they're changing color now. And um, that's one thing I really am grateful for that I can look out and see the beauty of nature, even though I'm not directly in it. So thank you for that. Cause that's, that was my gratitude for today. Wow. The leaves are changing color. It's beautiful. We're getting into fall. So thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for um, telling us about Bomid Bar and chatting with us and telling us about your own personal journey. So often people don't want to share those hard times in their families. And I'm so grateful for you to be vulnerable and share that and share how that became the passion of your work. So amazing. Thank you for doing all the great work you're doing. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. And thank you for your work as well. I'm so excited to be a part of this conversation. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridging Connections podcast. This podcast and Bridges 613 will succeed if its social media reach is wide. Please partner with us to promote this important work. You can follow us on Facebook at Bridges 613 and visit our website at www.bridges613.org. There you can read blogs, listen to past podcasts, 
and subscribe to our newsletter. Please share the podcast and our social media links with your community and enable others to benefit and learn about the groundbreaking innovation taking place in our beloved Jewish community. Your support is greatly appreciated.